I'm Angela Kelly Robeck, host of the Empowered Principal Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos, the Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to talk about student engagement. Things we can do to keep our students engaged. I found through my career that the joy of teaching and learning is contagious. If I'm having a great day and I'm excited about all of the learning in our classroom, I have found that my kids respond likewise. They love the day, they love everything we're learning, and I have found in reverse that if I've kind of having a bad day and a negative day or I don't really like the content that day, that it it go, spills over into the students. They kind of have a flat day as well. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. Um... I was going to share that uh, I've been thinking about this topic because I taught uh, music to children in a church setting and everybody, all the adults would always say, we always love bringing our kids to music time because it's so much fun. And people would ask, how do you keep the kids so engaged in in what you're doing and people were always so surprised by like how do you keep the kids engaged how do you keep it so exciting and I I think there's some tips and tricks you figure out after teaching for a while that that help you with that so yeah. so today we want to talk about some of those tips and tricks that we've learned along the way and share them with you well Engagement is mostly important because students can only learn if they want to learn. <laughs> you can teach your heart out, but if the kids aren't interested in learning, they're not going to learn. Another reason that we want to have our students engaged is if a student is truly engaged in the work, then they really see the importance of hard work and the importance of learning because they feel it. They feel the responsibility of learning, they feel the reward of learning, the intrinsic value of learning if they're engaged. Yeah, well, and that kind of ties into the idea of growth mindset of if you feel like you can learn, you will learn. But also I think for little kids, it's more if you're interested in learning, you will learn. Because once kids are engaged and excited about what they're learning, that they are much more willing to take on challenges and do hard things because they um, they can feel the reward of the learning itself. So one way to really um, work with that and teach students how to feel that intrinsic reward and that growth mindset of truly how to become a learner is to teach students how to learn and how to listen. I found that in kindergarten a lot of students really don't understand listening. If you tell a child, listen to me, 
you know, they always equate it with listening with their ears. And so there's a little song that you can teach your students that listening is a lot more than just listening with your ears. And it's called Give Me Five because there are five different ways that a person can listen to another person. And this is great for a, um, working with adults, working with your peers, and working with your students because everyone needs to become a more active listener. And kids love this song. And then you can turn it into a signal of give me five and you hold up the five and then it will have uh, meaning for the students and they'll know that it's time to listen and it's, lis and it's time to listen in the five ways. And it's you're listening with your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your hands, your feet, and your heart. So it's eyes are watching, ears are listening, mouths are closed, hands are still, feet are very quiet. It's time for you to try it. A heart that cares, a heart that cares. Aww. I think you have such a great point that little kids love to learn about learning. They love to hear what's actually going on in their brain and how learning actually works because every time I talk to them about how when you learn something new, one of your brain cells talks to your other brain cells and their connection gets stronger. And when you make a mistake, it's okay because that teaches your brain how to think better and they just love stuff like that. You know, I, and I think it empowers them to know like, oh, this isn't just something that happens to me. Learning to read isn't just something that happens to people or people are good at. It's something that I'm a part of. I have a role to play in this. Yeah, I think empowerment is a really important word. In fact, I think that should be the theme of why we're even caring about engaging our students. It's for them to feel that intrinsic reward and to empower them to become independent learners. Because we can't carry, and carry them along and we can't hold our children's hand or our students' hands um, along their life. Mm -hmm. We have to teach them and empower them how to fill that gift. I love to learn new things. Mm -hmm. I love to. I love to search the internet and YouTube for how-to videos and watch and, and learn new things. Yeah. And kids are just like that. Well, and I think a good, well, I won't say it's a good philosophy because it's my philosophy, so I won't, like, claim. <laughs> well, then it's obviously good. <laughs> I've always had the philosophy that every child wants to learn if they can. And, you know, I think that's such a good perspective to have because there's a lot of times when, you want to think, oh, little Johnny, he just doesn't like to learn. You know, you get tired, and that's the thought that comes in your brain of, little Johnny just doesn't try hard enough because you're tired, and yeah. it's hard. Yeah. But if you can turn it around and think, something is stopping Johnny from learning because I know Johnny wants to learn, and I know Johnny would do it if he could. So let's be a detective and figure out what's blocking Johnny from learning. I think that's part of engagement too, is having that perspective of every kid wants to learn. We just have to figure out how to take the roadblocks out of their way. And sometimes, oh man, is it hard to figure out what those roadblocks are, <laughs> but. Well, I think that's a great point. In fact, you know, I've heard teachers talking about 
I've, I've heard them blaming their students for not being able to learn. It was and none of our listeners, it. though. No. Our listeners no. don't do that. So we're not about talking about you guys. Teachers <laughs> who are who, who are the negative Nellies. But, but I really have heard people say, uh, you know, blame the student that the learning wasn't going on. I'm not saying any of y'all, but, <laughs> but I, have, I have heard it. And every time I hear that, it just, I don't feel ill of the student. I feel bad toward the teacher because I think it's not, I think you always should look first at your own, um, engage, your own presentation of what you're teaching first mm -hmm. before the students won't listen. So I think you had a great point. I completely agree. Well, and just thinking, okay, I'm going to talk lots about my church music class because I'm really <laughs> well, proud of it. I did. It's over and I miss it, but I think I did a really good job. But there were, I, I heard a lot of the teachers before I took over the music class say, oh, so-and-so just hates this. So-and-so hates singing. So-and-so hates music time. I can never keep control of so-and-so. And then once I started to do it, magically all the problems disappeared and everybody was engaged because I had them throwing plastic water bottles in the air as they were singing <laughs> songs and whoever could get it to land on its bottom got to do something and like you know no behavior problems anymore no. <laughs> you know and honestly since we're going to talk about church jobs I know we did sorry <laughs> I'm sorry but I'm truly I sorry church, I had a job in church once where it was to teach adults and everyone, you know, I'm sorry, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes adult Sunday school classes are boring. Well, we know that, like, teaching adults is harder because teaching adults is, is just harder. I would know. Yeah, and so I went, and I was scared to death to teach. And because I taught kindergarten for 20 years at this time, I only know how to teach five-year-olds. So I go in and I just start teaching the adults, like five-year-olds, I start with the song, <laughs> <laughs> the books of the New Testament. And from that point forward, I figured out that the more you treated the adults like five-year-olds, the better your lessons went. And I think there was a great uh, message for me to learn and take back as a classroom teacher that the content will be received by the learner if you present it in a way that is exciting for the student to learn. And to do exciting presentations really doesn't take a lot of planning or um, preparation. It basically is having an arsenal of uh, tools. kit, a tools. bag of tools, a toolkit, if you will, <laughs> of things that you um, do that help your students become engaged. And so we'll share with you a few of those tools that we learned and that we use that have been very successful in having students learn. So one thing, like you said, in, the, in your music uh, class was um, engagement of physical activity. Students like to be physically engaged in an activity while learning. Yeah, I think especially the younger kids, um, there's just a limit to the amount of time that they will learn still. 
And I, I think it's always good to be mindful of how long they have been immobile. And I don't, it, I, I think you can add in things without even being hard. You know, if you realize that you're trying to teach something and your kids have been sitting and listening to you for 10 minutes and they haven't moved, then have them clap every time they hear something or have them, I don't know, give me more ideas. I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> well, a song. Just, Just sing a song. a song. Or a finger play in the middle of a math lesson if I find that my I'm losing my class then I'll just break and do a seasonal or uh, some kind of finger play that is fun to do one of my favorite things to do is in the middle of like teaching a lesson and I find the kids maybe are starting to not attend and and wane away I'll do uh, this now so go ahead and copy what I say flee 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 fly flee fly Flea, fly, flow. Flea, fly, flow. Vista. Vista. Kubala, 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 vista. Kubala, 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 vista. Oh, no, 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 not the vista. Oh, no, no. How long are we going to sing this song? <laughs> well, I wanted to teach oh, okay. people so they Keep could going do it. Then. It's one of my best All tricks. right, I'll play along longer. <laughs> Shall we start over No, then? keep going. Because I can't start from. I'll do Kubala, like, Kubala. Like, no, look, I'll jump back in. It's like counting in Spanish. No, I'll help. Kubala, Kubala, Kubala Vista. Kubala, Kubala, Kubala Vista. Now you have to do the next one because I don't know what comes next. <laughs> oh no, 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 not the Vista. Oh no, 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 not the Vista. Ini mini destimini, ua ua amini. Ini mini destimini, ua ua umini. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, is that the there end? You go. Okay. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> and oh, kids love it. I when I was a substitute teacher teaching grades K through 12, mm. I did it with all of them. <laughs> when the kids started being obnoxious in middle school, I started doing flea fly flow. And and the kids just loved it. One day I was at Subway and Man, I hadn't substituted for probably 15 years. And the girl waiting on me, she said, Are you the Vista lady? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, What do you mean? <coughs> she said, You used to be my teacher and you sang Vista. <laughs> we all loved it when you came. And I said, Well, what grade were you in when I came? Oh, I was in sixth grade. <laughs> so there you there go. There you go. Kids, kids of all ages love. Uh, the break of the monotony and so just break into something and just do some little finger play that you already know um, a teacher that I taught with she had uh, file cards and she just put a bunch of um, finger plays and songs on it and she just had them all pre-written you know like ours is just in our brain after you teach a long time but when you haven't got a great big arsenal just in your brain of songs and finger plays, she just always had that box of index cards and just pulled one out and started singing it as a reminder of what song to do. Well, that's a good idea. I think, tell me if you think this is true, but I think the more I teach, the more I've kind of realized that there's a rhythm to a lesson plan and there's a rhythm to the energy of your students. and 
you can kind of feel it that they they have the energy and then the energy goes down and then you have to do something to pick it back up again and then the energy comes down and I think once you've taught for a while you start to feel okay we're going down we need to move okay we're coming up okay we're coming down we need to sing okay we're coming up we're coming down we need to talk to a partner do you think that's true yeah, I think that's I think that's very true and as you become a seasoned teacher, you begin to read. You can easily read that. You can read your students because you have that experience. And so as if you're a new teacher, um, basically when the kids start to talk, <laughs> it's, it's time, time to, to change. Well, and I think something good to know is if you feel if it's not working, don't do it anymore. Cause oh yeah, I've stopped many I know, lessons that's just like, midway. That's Done. veteran teaching. You know, you you. That's not something bad. You yeah. If it's falling apart, if it's not working, if don't you've continue. totally lost them, like just stop and sing a song and do it tomorrow. You know, I even did that when I was getting evaluated one time. <laughs> it was a lesson that just was falling apart. The kids weren't engaged. And I just started singing a song and doing a bunch of jumping jacks and exercises. And while we were doing all that in my mind, I'm hurrying and adjusting the lesson. <laughs> and then they sat back down and we started the lesson again. And I started presenting it in a different way. And I got a really good evaluation. <laughs> little did they know. You had yeah, to change everything on the fly. <laughs> Another thing that kids really like is they like predictability. So another thing that is really important to do with your students is to um, keep your classroom predictable. Have routines, have schedules, because kids love fences, boundaries, and rules. They'll thrive if they know what's coming next. So when your principal tells you to, that you have to have a schedule up on the wall, they're not doing it for busy work. They're doing it because your students really will do better if they know what's coming next. It's funny because they also love um, to be surprised. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. They only love being surprised if they know the predictability, though. Well, they love to have unexpected things happen in the lesson that they expected to happen. <laughs> do you think that's a good way of putting it? <laughs> I like it. Like, they, they want to know science is coming at such and such a time. But they'd like to be surprised by the science lesson. Well, they like it when they come back from recess and you're dressed up like Miss Frizz. <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> I did that a lot. That's funny. And I didn't really go to great lengths of the dress and stuff. It was just a wig <laughs> and glasses. A wig and glasses. I mean, you know, it can be simple things. It could just be your tone of your voice when they come back. Another thing kids like to do is they like to move and dance and wiggle around. And uh, there's lots of things on the internet now, lots of brain break uh, games that you can find to queue up. I have one that's called BB Bumblebee. And I, all I do is I, I have a drum like a lollipop. And in the middle of the lesson when we're working and I can see the kids need a break, I reach for the drum. And because we've done it and we've practiced, the kids know if I hold the drum, they make a circle around the rug. So I don't even have to say anything. I grab the drum, they make a circle, and then I start going around the circle. And what you do is you just beat the drum as you go around. B, B, bumble, B, stung a bear upon 
the knee. <laughs> B, B, B. You go around the circle and say B, B, bumblebee, stung a bear upon the knee, stung a pig upon the snout. I declare that you are out and bang it really hard when you do. You are out. <laughs> and then whatever kid you do, you are out. Then they sit down and you just keep going around in the circle. And then when you're to the last kid, you just do BB Bumblebee and do the whole thing. And you are out because no one ever wins. BB <laughs> and then when it's finished, then I'll just say, um, everybody come, come to the rug. You know, or some little ditty beating the drum so they know to come back to the carpet or their desks or wherever we were. And that's just another quick little easy thing. I like the brain breaks on um, that you can do on your screen. But, you know, if I just have my own and grab drums and whistles or guitars or rhythm sticks, then I don't have to or your hands clapping. push play <laughs> or hands clap. I liked your example of the clapping hands. Another thing that really keeps kids engaged, especially young kids, is if you dramatize things. And one good way to do that is with puppets. So if you want to discuss a concept with your kids, like what? Give me a concept. Uh, beginning sounds. If you want to talk about beginning sounds... And you say to the students, what's the beginning sound in the word bed? It will not be as exciting as if you have a puppet that says, Hi, everybody. My name is Susie the Snail. I want you to listen very carefully to the next word I'm going to say. <laughs> and make sure you use a good voice. you got to have a good <laughs> voice. That's part of the whole appeal of a puppet. But it's amazing how if you say it in your voice, it's boring. But a silly puppet voice is amazing and it's easy to do the voices with a puppet <laughs> because <laughs> then you don't feel so you know if acting is is a skill that's a little hard for you to do then if you have a puppet it helps it become an easier skill mm -hmm. but and really you don't even need a puppet like I've talked pencils and pointers. <laughs> you know, anything you have around, you can become an inanimate object. <laughs> Mr. Pencil is here today to talk to you. <laughs> I, uh, I think kids just love when you're being silly and having fun because it turns it into a game and we all like games. We all love games and the kids just get really excited about it. Um, you know, you just need gimmicks. Like another one is the voice gauge. I love that one. And you just take your hand and run it in a horizontal line. And so when you're teaching and you see you need a break, you just take your hand and slide it along. And that's the cue for my kids to now watch my hand. And so I'll start talking and telling the lesson <laughs> high and then I'll tell the lesson low. And I'll move my hand mm -hmm. in that high and low fashion of whenever I'm talking. And then I'll say, I'll say, copy me. La, 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 la. And, you know, it, you only have to it's do that so for like... 30 seconds. Embarrassing to be a kindergarten teacher and have your administrator <laughs> just randomly walk into the room because that you will always be doing something ridiculous when the administrator decides to walk by your classroom and drop in. It, it really never will. fails. I'm always doing something ridiculous 
when they happen to stop by. Oh, hello. It's the kindergarten room. I'm talking in a silly voice with a puppet. Thank you so much for walking in right now. Yes, I'm beat red. Please go away. This is a show for five-year-olds only. And yes, we act like this, this all day all long. all day long. Go away now, please. <laughs> Oh, and then you know there's the the old standards of a thumbs up and when you do thumbs up the kids copy and then that's when they give you attention and the one two three how does that one go one two three eyes on me one two and eyes it, on you there you go <laughs> and just little gimmicks so just practice a bunch of things like that and I'm sure you all already have a bunch of arsenal of tools that are already working to engage kids and if some of you right now or um, are probably teaching either online or in classroom or a combination engagements the same it's the same as if you're in the classroom with the students or if you're in a zoom meeting yesterday I had a bunch of kids to um, do reading tests with and so I did just some silly little warm-ups with them just to kind of get them relaxed and ready to um, do our reading test and it's just important that you make sure the kids are anxious to be there and they attend right to you kids love it and there's like what is that lady gonna do next I love it I, I think the most important thing to know about engagement is that your own class is going to have its own rhythm and its own things that work. And as long as you're consistent and you make sure that when you say that, if I say one, two, three eyes on me, everybody says one, two eyes on you and stops talking, that you follow through and make sure everybody stops talking. Because I, I hate that when people are like, this is my signal. And then the kids keep talking and they just keep saying, oh, now nah, it's my <laughs> signal. It's my signal. Like, no, it's not your signal because it didn't work. So pick a new signal because that one clearly it is not doing the job. <laughs> yes, be consistent. Be consistent. And make sure it make works. Make sure it works for you. If anything we've said, you try it, doesn't work, don't do it because it's not working. I it, really do your own yeah. thing. I really like to do the your turn, my turn. And in sign language, you just hold your hand in a sideways L and pull it towards your chest, and that's my turn. So when I'm talking, like if we're just playing a whole group rhyming game, I'll say, um, I'll say the word, and then you say the word. So you just take that sideways L and point at you. And when that's pointing at my chest, when that's laying on my chest, then they know that they can't talk. But as soon as I point it towards them, horizontally this is hard to explain <laughs> in a podcast then they know look that up it's sign language for talk. my turn your turn yeah and so um that works really well but if i were to let kids talk when my hand is up on my chest when it's my turn then i've ruined the whole thing and it it's not being mean to make the kids um, be respectful of your rules it's it's empowering them well, and sometimes the signals break down, so you just pick a new one. <laughs> yeah, they do. Sometimes in January, it's not working anymore, so you do a new, you pick a new one because that one's broken. Yeah. And always know, speaking of that, always know that it's never too late. If something's not working, start again. 
If your year is already falling apart, start again. Tomorrow is a new day. Just start over. And procedures, just know that procedures are the most important thing that you are doing in your classroom. The academic stuff's important too, but procedures are the only way that kids will become empowered, academic learners, and self-learners, and feel that intrinsic uh, power of learning. So if your class has fallen apart, as mine have many times Mm -hmm. in October, I just Mm -hmm. and start over and pretend it's day one of school again. (laughs) Let's just practice. All right. Hey, guys, if you haven't tried ESGI yet, go to ESGISoftware.com and use the code KIOSK, K-I-O-S-K, and sign up for your free trial you will love it. It's a full free trial, so you can put your students in and get all your assessing going right away. And then when you fall in love with it, you'll save $40 off of your subscription with that code kiosk. And if you know exactly where your students are and exactly what they need, you'll be more likely to be able to keep them engaged because you can keep your learning, you can keep your teaching right at the level that's appropriate for them. Exactly. And ESGI is amazing at helping you pinpoint (laughs) exactly what everybody in your classroom needs. Yes, it is. I cannot live without that anymore. (laughs) Nope. I don't want to live without, I don't want to live in a world (laughs) without ESGI. What would a world without ESGI? Let's don't talk about it. I'd have to get those paper binders and run those 5,000 copies. (laughs) Hey, guys, get ESGI. Stop telling these (laughs) scary stories during October. It's not nice. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you'd like to talk to us, you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Said it in the wrong order. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?